Women face unique challenges, from glass ceilings at work to everyday personal stressors. The Maiden Voyage podcast covers it all, offering tips and tricks for overcoming your struggles. While this lady-hosted podcast focuses heavily on women's issues, it's relevant for anyone who values self-improvement, equality, and badass inspiration. We all navigate this journey together. Welcome aboard. Hey there, this is Jackie of the Maiden Voyage Podcast, and you're listening to Season 3, Episode 1, the one where we dive into Facebook user groups and how to be a kick-ass lady boss with our guest and my friend, Bella Vasta. Woohoo! What's up, Jackie and crew? (laughs) So if you couldn't tell by that, Bella is the most dynamic human I've ever met in my entire life. Um, I was so lucky to be introduced to her at Inbound at HubSpot this September. Jen and I met her and got to spend a lot of time with her. But what amazes me about Bella is not only are you this incredible speaker, you're an entrepreneur, you're a mom, you're a lady boss, you've sold several companies, you have wrote a book, you've been published in like all these epic uh, publications, Huffington Post and Entrepreneur Magazine. I mean, like you have a lot going on. But you are just this most down-to-earth person who, what I loved about you was you just wanted to help. You are a connector. You wanted to just like introduce people and get people talking and like make this world smaller. And not a lot of people are out there doing that. So it was incredible to spend time with you. And I'm so excited that we get to kind of crack into that brain of yours and hopefully drop a lot of knowledge on our listeners, specifically surrounding like Facebook user groups, because I think it is an underused medium right now. And that's what I got to hear you speak about. And um, that's where I think we're going to focus our conversations today. But first, like you went to Arizona State, you did the college thing, and then you started your own business in pet sitting. Is that how it went? Yeah. So, um, first of all, I want to like carry you around with me. Cause I was, <laughs> and this sounds so cliche, but that truly was the best intro I have ever had in all the interviews I've ever done. Oh. Um, so thank you. Wow. Um, yeah. So I, um, I actually started my business on accident. A lot of my business or a lot of my life has been very much on accident ladies. <laughs> um, I kind of believe in walking in every single door possible because just as easy as it is to walk in, you can turn around and walk right back out. So when I was going to college at Arizona State, I was living at home. My parents, rightfully so, now that I'm a parent, I understand they wanted to put a curfew on me. Um, I didn't understand that when I was in college. And of course, I wanted to be out with my boyfriends and I wanted to be going karaokeing and I wanted to be going here, there, and everywhere. You know, like, hello, I'm in college. Right. And, um, they wanted a curfew on me. So when I got an opportunity to sleep overnight with two white dogs, that's what they were to me at the time. And this lady was going to pay me $25 a day to do this because she traveled like Tuesday through Friday for work every week. I was like, you don't have to pay me. I'll pay you. Like, (laughs) it was amazing. It was like, I had like my own house without ever having to have a mortgage or bills or, I mean, I didn't even know what that stuff was at that point. I was only like 21 or 22, but it was a really cool gig. And I loved it so much that much like the rest of my life, when I really like something, I try to figure out how can I do it more. And, um, and that's what I did. And that entire business just snowballed over 14 years, um, growing and getting award winning and, uh, getting like 10 employees and all this stuff. So it started completely on accident, which also was 
a blessing because I, it wasn't like this big, I quit my corporate job and I have to make this work on $10,000 a month or something. It was, I had that safety net. So it wasn't as scary for me, but arguably you could say the even more scarier, I think, than in a lot of our lives and maybe our listeners' lives is walking the path that we want rather than the path that's easiest. Or you're supposed to walk. Yeah, yeah. 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 So this like happenstance turned into this deep passion for you though. Yeah. um, So I realized that um, it wasn't I I'm always been really clear about this. I've never been like that animal advocate, rescue lover. I love pets, don't get me wrong. I've grown up with cats and dogs. I have a dog right next to me right now. Like I love them, right? But I started it as a means to get out of my parents' house. And as I built the business, I started feeling like, oh my gosh, I am sleeping in my own bed right now, <laughs> sometimes with my boyfriend at the time. And I actually am getting paid to be sleeping three other places right now. Yeah. I am making more money than I could be making if I were doing the work right now because I figured out how to multiply myself. So that alone, like this whole understanding of delegating to a team and multiplying yourself and having, um, income happen while you're enjoying life Mm. was like, this is awesome. Right. And, and that's really what kind of fueled that. And, and as I got going with it, um, and when I did get nationally and locally award winning, people started calling me and saying, Bella, how, how can I have a pet sitting company? This sounds great. And so I started talking to him on the phone and much like we're doing today, it turns a, it could be the shittiest day of my life. Am I allowed to swear? Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> okay. It could, it could, it, it could be a horrible day. And all of a sudden I, um, by talking to these people, like I just light up, it's like this natural high that comes out of me. And I'm like, there's something to this. Yeah. I love pouring into people. I love coaching. I want more. It was like a drug. And that's how I realized that um, coaching and consulting and speaking is something that like, I just need to do in my life. And, um, so everything, like I said, organically involved, um, it, the passion turned into, or the means to an end developed into the passion. Yeah. Yeah. That's amazing. And that led you into this jump consulting arena where you're still doing the pet sitting thing on the side, but you started this pet set, pet sitting consulting business. Yeah. Yeah. So because I was in the pet sitting and dog walking industry, um, and because I was having a lot of the same conversations with people, I also started getting pretty robotic because I was selling time for money. And I think that's what a lot of consultants start off as. And I'm sure a lot of your listeners can relate to that where it's, it's, um, Oh, this is great. I can set my own, you know, number, but then you become burnt out or you just become doing the same thing over and over over and over over and over again. And you have to kind of figure out how to level up. Yeah. So my first stage of jump consulting was actually creating all of these programs based off of what people would ask me. So how to have a howling event, how to do a consultation in a home, how to uh, get employees on board from A to Z. And so it was almost like um, practice because I got to talk to them a lot about it, but then I wrote it all down and then I put it to audio. So now I had some online um, courses. downloadable courses. Yeah. yeah. So it was that low hanging fruit. And, um, and that's well, what you, I really- You turned your intellectual property into other employees working for you. 
Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. So, so that's what I did. And, um, and, and I couldn't go completely full blown with the consulting side of things because I had a, a, a very busy pet sitting company that needed me. I had an office manager, but it still needed me. I also was in the process of finding, um, a husband at the time and getting married and having a child. And, you know, I always said that when I got married and had a child, I would sell the pet sitting company. The pet sitting company is what kept me warm at night or busy or distracted during right. my twenties when I was dating everyone on match.com. So <laughs> it was, it was that thing that like, it was my companion, you know, and it was great. It was some place for me to put my energy that was healthy. Yeah. I love that. So you are, you spoke at inbound, you're doing yep. the jump consulting, you know, you're doing all these things. I'm curious, like what led you into like the HubSpot community? Yeah. So I knew that, um, HubSpot was a epic place to speak at. Um, I first heard about HubSpot from, uh, Marcus Sheridan, like back in 2012. Yeah. And, um, and I'd always known that that was like, an amazing place to speak. Like it was very prestigious, not to mention I'm originally from Boston. So going back to the homeland in a way just seemed like very like full circle to me. Like, yeah, yeah I'm flying to Boston to speak in Boston proper at this massive <laughs> conference, right? you know, where like Michelle Obama spoke last year. Like, you know what I mean? Like it was just, it was like a bucket list kind of thing. You know, yeah. I was, I was very honored. So that's kind of how I did it. But it also was attractive because it was a little bit outside of my typical social media realm. So I spend a lot of my days with, um, like maybe the lead conference is social media marketing world, right? Yeah. And the Murray Smith's and the, um, uh, Mark Schaefer's and the, all these like, you know, um, uh, social media people. <laughs> and so it was really cool to get outside of that and into more, uh, the marketing, the C-level, um, types of minds and, yeah events to go to. So that, that's how I got involved with HubSpot. But, um, I also have seen, um, Darmesh, is that how Darvesh. I say it? Darvesh. Darvesh. I, I know I was going to say that wrong, uh, speak at another conference and just like, you know, what, what's there not to like about HubSpot? I right. mean, right. so it, it's like, duh. Yeah, yeah. obviously. <laughs> but so if, for you though, it was like a speaking parlay and not necessarily like a strategy into marketing, right. which I love. Cause yeah. it sounds like, and you just reiterated for all of our listeners that like your focus where you're a powerhouse is in this social space. So why don't you share with us and our listeners about like how you became, I mean, you're an influencer period. But like, how does that happen? What, like, what were you doing or not doing or what did you fall into? Cause like you said, everything's kind of an open door for you. How did yeah. that happen? I know people are like being an influencer is a career now, which I mean, I graduated college almost 15 years ago. That was not something I could have checked in my, <laughs> what do you want to be when you grow up box, you know, yeah. but like, how does that happen? So here's the thing. We all are influencers. We all have influence over someone for something. Okay. Um, it just depends on how we actually leverage that. It depends on how we build it into our business. Now, kind of going back to my story a little bit, when, um, when I did find a husband and, um, and, and have a baby, uh, she was born at 12 ounces. And that means that she was one of the 50 smallest surviving female babies on the planet. Her leg fit through my wedding ring. She was one inch shorter than a Barbie doll 
Her eyes were still fused shut. I didn't get to hold her for 21 days because she was so fragile. And I was in that hospital for eight to 10 hours a day for six months. And this is while I'm running a pet sitting company with 10 people running around, taking care of pets, going in and out of homes and sleeping over. So you can imagine, you could only imagine what life was like during that. But the thing that held me together were my communities, my personal communities and my business communities. Um, first of all, my, the personal communities were the communities online of the mamas that knew what I was going through, that knew what Billy Rubin levels were, that knew what bagged was, that knew what all these acronyms that I had no idea were. And that, that weren't just, Oh, you can, you're strong. You can do it. It was like, God dang it. Like, you know what I mean? Right. And then my business side of it, um, I had two major groups and it was, I own a pet sitting company with staff and jumpstart your pet sitting company. And so these two groups had a whole collection of pet sitters in there that I could access. And oftentimes when I was putting on my makeup in the morning to go to the hospital, I would just get out my phone. This was before it was cool. Cause this was in, this was four years ago. This is 2014. Like it was not cool yet to do this. And I would, I would get on camera and it would almost be like to myself, but I would post it to them yeah. and I'd be like, Hey guys, just remember the sun is always behind the clouds. So if it's a rainy day, it'll pass. Like, and I would just <laughs> used to go on these like motivational bursts. Um, and, and I would drop it in there because it was just about the only thing that I could do. But what that did is it, it showed vulnerability. It yeah. opened me up to my community and made me just that much more human. Yeah. And it's not that I was using my daughter by any means, but I was just being real about what I was going through. Yeah. And I was showing up consistently. And the biggest thing about that consistent word is that I defined what consistent was. Mm. You know what I mean? So I might not be in there every second of the day anymore, but you could get a video from me Monday through Friday in the morning, um, despite what I was going through. So- right the way I was able to influence was by being vulnerable, by, by nurturing a community in a way that felt right for me at the time. And, and that's why I feel like, I mean, everyone who's listening to this podcast right now, all of you ladies are all influencers right now. You have the sincere uh, responsibility and honor right now, all of us of taking up the airwaves of, of our listeners right now. And we have the opportunity to influence them right now as we're talking. And we all have a choice in that, right? So I think it, it, it has to happen organically. It can't be forced as we're seeing online right now. You know, like the numbers don't mean anything. The numbers that matter are like, like my group, if you were to go look at my Instagram right now, you'd be like, oh my God, you have under 2000 people. How are you an influencer? Well, (laughs) those 2000 people really listened to me more than if I had half a million people, you know what I mean? Yeah. So, um, yeah. Does that answer your question? No, absolutely. And I'd love to like, I would love to dive deeper into Facebook groups because I'd love for our listeners to take away maybe a few, like one, two or three key things that, that maybe they can do to better influence their, whether it be community or their profession and, and like, I'm going to tell a secret. We don't even have one at impulse. And we've been talking about starting one ever since like I've heard you speak. Cause why not? Why shouldn't we get our own community together to talk to them constantly about updates in our world? And and so anyway, I would love for you to drop some wisdom on, on what maybe we should do today, uh, ourselves included, um, Mm -hmm. to get active in at least that element of that, the social media platform of Facebook. 
Yeah. So here's the thing. Um, just like everything in social media, things change, you know, there's cycles. So right now Facebook groups are working, but if you're listening to this in the end of 2020 or 2021, something else might be on the horizon and this might be completely out. So I say that with a grain of salt that if you're listening to this and you're thinking this is really cool, don't be like Jackie and not start a group, (laughs) start a group now, or just release it and forget about it because this is the time it's not always going to be this time. And if I can contrast that to, you know, our pages used to be the pop and happen in place. And now they're like the graveyard, right? Right. So, um, okay. So things that you can take away right now, if you're going to start a group, you need to figure out what value are you adding to other people's lives? It is not about you. It is about them. And the best way I can describe this is your backyard is your group. So you have a party in your backyard and you do not invite people into your backyard and then tell them to sit down and listen to you talk. What you do is you try to get everyone else to talk with amongst each other. You make sure that the Wi-Fi is going so Pandora doesn't stop. You make sure that the food is there, that the drinks are there, and that people are having a fun time and they're interacting with each other, right? So you so got to figure out what kind of theme... Huh? We're like the host of the party. Exactly. So you've got to figure out like, what is your theme? Are you throwing a kegger or is it a kid's party? You know? And, and with that comes going shopping for the proper food and drink, which means content. So have your content on, you, you need to understand what kind of content and what kind of value you're going to be giving people. Why should people spend their time on the toilet going to your group because you know, people are taking their phones into the bathroom. Um, but that's what it is. It's called being the destination. So one, find the value. Why, how is this group going to help my life? Two, um, what kind of group is it? And by that, I don't mean closed or private. I mean, like, is it a short term pop-up group that is going to teach me something or challenge me on something for a short amount of time? Uh Or is it something that is a catch all thousands of people that is just kind of like a catch all for everyone. And then you kind of move them into other subgroups or is it a middle group where maybe someone pays for it and it's an ongoing membership. There's so many different ways that you can do groups. So find out the value, find out what type of group, and then identify um, your major themes to it. So this is something else because once you're like, okay, well, my group is going to be to give back to the mamas. Okay. Well, what specifically? Well, we're going to talk about these things. We're going to talk about quick meal prep. We're going to talk about baby hacks. We're going to talk about, um, working out workouts while you're taking the kid for a walk in a stroller. Like, I don't know, like you have your buckets, you know what I mean? So that it's easier for you to, um, to create the content, um, and to be top of the mind awareness when you might come across other content that sparks interest in that, you know what I mean? Yeah. It's really like a business plan. Like the the biggest thing I can say, and then I'll, I'll take a breath. Do not start a group because you think you should. That is the number one reason not to do it. Like don't start a group and then don't show up because it's the worst thing that you could do. Hmm. I love that. So many good nuggets that we can take away from that internally. But I also think that I'm going to make sure that all the marketers share this podcast with the clients (laughs) because this is a great opportunity for us to help our clients even grow in their spaces. And I love the idea of like, being the host and contributing, but it's not a soapbox. I'm not selling you something. Yeah. We're here to like 
build community and and maybe even allow people to work with each other without us even being there yeah it's so, so weird because like, i'm in all of these groups and i not that like marketing doesn't apply to me but i'm a project manager you know so like i i support all the tactics and stuff but um we had a um uh the other day about or was it last week about Instagram and stuff and I was like you guys my Instagram is so lame like all I do on social media is I'm in all these like groups because I I've done IVF a couple times so I'm in like all these IVF groups and like these communities who like you know like that I can talk about about yeah. stuff that I can't just talk to Joe Schmo about because they just don't understand right and then now I'm currently pregnant and now I'm in all these twin groups because I'm pregnant with twins so it's like, congratulations! and I never thought this sounds so horrible, but I didn't think about using it towards like marketing and leveraging it for business, uh-huh. not just like, right. I'm going through a hard time or I need advice type right. things. Yeah. Well, and I think like Bell said, we're all in groups. Yeah. Like right. I could tell you five groups I'm in right now. You know what I mean? Off the top, like there are probably five groups that I check daily that I'm in. Like, not, not only oh that I'm gosh. in, but like I'm engaged in daily. But Jackie, the funniest thing about that is that you're probably actually, that's only probably 5% of the groups you're in, because I bet you that you're probably in at least a hundred groups. And I would ask yourself and all our listeners too, right now, think about it. You're probably all just like Jackie. We all are. What is it about those five groups that, what does it do for your daily life? Why are they on your radar? And that's what you've got to reverse engineer as a group leader. Now, I also want to just just warn everybody that when I say groups, it doesn't necessarily have to be a Facebook group. It could be any kind of a community. It could be a podcast community. It could be, um, an, a third party membership site. It could be an email list of people that are popping. Um, traditionally right now, Facebook groups are the platform, but community in general, these are universal principles for community, which helps make you have that influence over people, which helps your business bottom line, which helps you collect certain people that are hyper interested in a certain topic. It's such a good idea. It's so much bigger than a social media platform when you lay it out it that is. way though, Bella. It's it's about human beings needing mm-hmm. connection, mm-hmm. but then achieving it because they all have a common goal. Yeah, yeah. or a common problem, right? Yes. Yes. And isn't that what we get taught in marketing all the time, ladies? Like, start with the problem. Right. What problem are you solving? Right. And so that's the thing. Like, in, in one of my groups, it's um, we, my mastermind solves the problem of overwhelm. Um, a group that we're going to be starting soon, me and my queenies, I have this group of girls, talk about community, um, mm-hmm. from all around the country. Actually, one's in Canada. And we get together twice a year. We rent out a mansion and we just like, hang out together. And sometimes we go live and get lots of views and stuff, but it's all about women empowerment. And we're, we're really trying to encourage people to take their relationships offline and go face to face and not just at conferences, but mm-hmm. in, in those intimate settings. And, um, you know, we talked about, uh, starting a group and it might be out by the time this, this airs is, is starting our own group because so many people have been like, we want to find our tiara. We want to be, um, you know, an honorary queenie. How can we yeah. become a queenie? And we're like, girl, you are a queenie. Like go grab your group around, you know, but there's eight of us. So we're like, wow, we could each take a month worth of content, like, or, you know, 
um, host it, so to speak, you know, on a rotation in the group, but the whole time we're just creating this army of empowering other women, you know, to, you know, fix their tiaras and, and lift them up and celebrate with them and do the things that we might be afraid to do on our, our feed, but we can do in a group. So it really can spark anywhere you, you want and your business life of dad has done this. They, they have a major group and then they've got ton of other little groups like dads with daughters and dads with special needs, dads with daughters with special needs and dads who love sports. And you know, it's out there guys dream it, do it, but don't miss the boat because, um, although it's a universal concept, if you're thinking about executing a Facebook group, they're working right now, but they're always changing. Yeah. Good point. I love that. Um, to pivot a little bit, I ask one more question about social media and then I want to talk a little bit about speaking. Um, what are you seeing like the biggest mistakes or pitfalls that brands are doing right now on social? If you could, if there's any kind of like blanket you could make. Yeah. So I think, um, the set it and forget it is happening. People are just like talking at people, no matter what kind of platform it is, they're just like putting it out there, but they're not actually engaging with people. So, um, and by engaging, I don't just mean like a thumbs up. I mean like a, Oh, thanks so much, Jackie. How are you? Or, um, Oh, that's, you know what I mean? Like getting that conversation going and keeping it going. Um, I think that with just a little bit of effort, you could see amazing results on that. But people often think so much about, I need to schedule my social media. You can't schedule that personal interaction. That's funny. Um, we um, interviewed somebody else at, uh, I think I introduced you to my friend Shayna at uh, Inbound and they started and her thing, she started like a social media company. Now she's a marketing agency. Um, but her slogan is like, don't do social, be social. Yeah, exactly. Like very about what, like exactly what you're saying is like actually engage with people. Don't just post a freaking picture or a link. Yeah, exactly. Totally. And, and the other thing is, is, um, don't like consistency. Like you have to decide consciously what your consistency is going to be. Is it going to be only when there's news about a certain thing, or is it going to be every hour of every day, Monday through Friday? Um, you get to make that rule. So that's, that's like the exciting thing. I think people are afraid because they feel like it's another thing to do. And they're like, I don't have time. And it's like, that's stinking thinking. Let's reverse that to think about what time do you have and how can you make this work for you instead of you working for it? So it comes down to strategy. I mean, it's, it's strategy. There are like so many, so many, like you're saying so much that I just want to pull out and like (laughs) put out there, like setting your own consistency is to me giant because I think that we all have that feeling like I have to post. Yeah this many times a week or it's not an industry best practice or whatever. But like, and what I'm hearing you say is that if you're consistent to your people and your people know when to expect you, then that's enough. Exactly. Totally. That is the relationship between you and that person. It's kind of like, I mean, if you apply that thinking of what we quote should do, right. That's like going on a date and thinking that someone needs to text you every hour of every day. (laughs) Oh my God. (laughs) Or maybe you're just, you, you guys have set the social norm in your relationship that 
you text once a day or a good night or a good morning or right. every other day, or maybe you just don't text at all and you call, or right. the only reason why you text is to confirm a date. You know what I mean? Like whatever that guideline is. And I, I'm sorry, this is a weird example probably, but like no. you determine what that consistency is. You know what I mean? It's not a one size fits all. And when you're in a relationship, whether it's one to many or one-on-one or one to, or small group, your group forms and, and figures out what the norms are for that group. But you as the leader have to lead and be like, Hey, this is what you can expect from me. You know, if you were to go into my Facebook group on Facebook groups, you would be like, Bella, what? Because I don't ever post in there unless there's, there's news about Facebook. And, but people wanted to gather around and, you know, from my speeches and, and from the articles that I've done, like, how can we like learn more about Facebook groups? I'm like, well, I don't monetize it. I don't have anything to sell you because it's not part of what I'm going after. Right. But I did start a group on it and I show up in there when there's news to talk about it, but I'm not just, I'm not just aimlessly trying to spark a conversation on Facebook groups just because I'm supposed to. And some people might look at that and be like, oh my gosh, you're a Facebook group expert on Facebook groups, but you don't even uphold your own Facebook group. And I'm like, it's because it's not what it's there for that one, you know? But if you were to go into my paid mastermind, oh, sweetheart, I am in there multiple times (laughs) a day because that's what's paying me money. Right. So, you know what I mean? I love that. Huh, that's awesome. Thank you. So I'd love to talk a little bit about speaking. Um, We are going to be later in our season interviewing somebody who is like pivoting their career to be specifically speaking. And and I I chatted with her offline a little bit about women on stages and that there is a lack of them. And uh, like she pretty much had said to me, most conferences now are trying to be more diverse with their speakers. If you're a woman and you apply, you're probably going to get that engagement if it makes sense. And so, and I don't like love that. Like I would be picked because I'm freaking rad, not because I'm a chick, but I also get that we're at this pivotal moment in, you know, presentations and speaking engagements where it is mostly a male dominated field at the current moment. So I would love to hear from you, like how have you gotten into keynote speaking and like what that hustle is like, and maybe some advice on how like we could all start doing that more. Mm-hmm. Okay. So let me preface this, but I don't have any of this figured out. And, um, I, I think it's great that, um, it looks like I do, you do. Um, because it means that my marketing's working, but you know, I've <laughs> I think never you're been not one. giving yourself enough credit. You're a fantastic <laughs> speaker. I've never been one to throw smoke in the mirrors though. So, um, I think that, you know, what your, um, that conversation you were just saying, I think there's a lot of validity to that. Um, and I think even more than that, there's a lot of validity to, it's very easy to get booked for free anywhere. Um, especially as a woman, but I think it's even more extremely difficult to get the dollar amount that our male equal parts do. Mm. And there's so many studies. I know so much back chatter that I've been a privy to, um, where a conference would hire a male last year for 10,000. And then the next year be like, Oh, I'm sorry. We've only got like a $6,000 budget this year. And it's like, no, well, I'm just, it takes strong women to one, know what's going on. And then also say, no, I'm not doing it. And not just say, okay, just for the $6,000, you right, know? Yeah. Uh-uh. Um, 
So it's, there's that. Um, But you know, when I, going back to my story a little bit, when I went through um, what I went through with my daughter, Olivia, and also, you know, starting coaching and talking on the phone and realizing how much I love to just have that microphone and, and be able to have the opportunity to change someone's thinking, someone's life. Okay. That is the biggest accomplishment I think I ever could have in this world aside from raising my daughter. And, um, and, and the stage allows that. And the stage could be my podcast. It could be a physical stage. It could be what we're doing right now. Right. But to know that I've made a positive impact is, um, paramount for me because I didn't come from the most positive environment growing up all the time. And so when I know that I've been able to influence a positive in someone's life, it actually, I mean, this is getting really deep and vulnerable here, but it actually strikes me to my core because it shows me that I'm not a product of my perception of what I grew up in. And, and so that's like my, my deep, deep down, like why of it. But I literally, I had this awakening in 2017. I went to this conference and I got up on stage and I did this pitch to the media and it was about catastrophe and everyone listening right now, and I'm going to try to make this short because I could go on for this forever. But I really truly believe that every one of us in our business, we will go through a catastrophe in life at some point, either to us, to someone we love, and we're going to want to take a sabbatical. And I want to encourage, like my mission is to encourage everyone to make sure that they have enough leadership over their life, their relationships and their business that they can do that. Because Mm -hmm. how horrible would it be to be building a business for years and years and years, just so that God forbid someone has cancer and you can't go sit at the hospital with them for days on end because your business needs you. Like what we just did was like, like marry ourselves to bondage and be hostage to our business. And I'm pretty sure that's why people don't get into business. So, um, I started applying. I I just literally started putting it out there. I started calling myself a keynote speaker before I was a keynote speaker. Um, I was just telling you guys in the pre-interview, I am on my way to London in a couple days, which is the first time I will be doing an international keynote, which is like a bucket list. And I'm just so excited and, um, and, and proud of that moment, you know, that I get to do what I love and, combine that with travel, which is something that I've always loved to do. So it's, it's really going back to the very beginning of this conversation. It's walking through doors, Jackie, you guys, nobody is telling you, you can't walk through doors, walk through them. And, and if it's the wrong door, turn around and do the same thing. When you walked in, just walk right back out. And, and that's all it takes. And so it it became, I didn't know, and I still don't have all the answers, but I knew that in 2017, when I was hit with this opportunity to get in front of the media, I I knew that I needed a website. So I started bellavasta.com. I knew that to me personally, it didn't matter, but I knew it meant to the world that I was featured in entrepreneur and Huffington post and Inc magazine, like all of these accolades. Right. And I knew they were just notches on this like resume to add to add to things. So I figured out who I knew. I put out press releases and I got it and I built that foundation there. So it it looks credible, right? Because it's something that I really wanted to do. And, and ever since then, it's just been snowballing and I've been on the thought on, I've been a 
authentically unapologetic <laughs> um, and just gone for it. And I, I really do believe my goal in 2020 is to be on the Today Show talking about how mompreneurs can have it all and be sharing Olivia's story in the hospital. So I'm just going to throw that out there for anyone who's listening right now. Yes. If anybody is inspired or excited about this podcast and has connections to the Today Show, I'm accepting <laughs> bookings. <laughs> Um, I think I might know someone who I can help you. Really? Yeah. <laughs> I don't know if it's the Today Show, but we'll talk offline. Oh my goodness. Look at that, you guys. You see what happens when you That was not planned either, but I don't think that we can go anywhere else. Like, I, what I am taking away from this, ladies, is that, like, I can walk through any door, but more importantly, you can walk back out that same goddamn door if it does not serve you. Amen, and sister. If, like... You don't take anything else away from the amazing Bella, then I leave you with that. Marinate on that for a minute. So I love that. We are going to jump into something really fun. It's called the lightning round. Beer, wine, or liquor? Uh, wine. Briggs Meyer personality type? No freaking idea. I could never remember those. Hogwarts house. What? Uh-huh. What are you having for dinner? Or what do you have? Um, uh, today I'm having a salad. I just bought one at Salad and Go before this interview. Favorite female celebrity? Beyonce. Most recent book you've read? Um, keeping, keep looking up. Oh, it's my that. friend's book. It's absolutely amazing. Transforming grief into hope after tragedy. Go look it up. Her husband and her son both committed suicide within three years oh, and she is, this book is amazing. Um, their, their book launch is coming out soon and it talks about hope is more powerful than grief and everybody can relate to it. Share, all we'll, link, grief. we'll link out to that. Yeah, we'll I will. I'm so sorry to like, just plug no. that really quick. No, but we'll keep, no, no, you're good. We'll link to that for sure. Um, <laughs> sparkling or still water. Uh, still. What year would you try and tap? What year would you time travel to? I wouldn't. Oh, okay. The, the minute's up, but I, I like this. Can we keep going? Oh, yeah, for sure. Flats <laughs> or heels? What did you say? Flats or heels? Oh, heels. Biggest pet peeve? Um, uh, people chomping. I don't know. Mm. Uh, dogs or cats? Dogs. Mm. What gets you into the most trouble? My mouth. Mm. <laughs> That's like, like the, the most, most answer we get. <laughs> <That's> so funny. <laughs> Mac or PC? What? A Mac, Mac or a PC? Mac. Mac. What's your superpower? Um, inspiring others. Favorite Disney princess? Um, Belle. Favorite food? Steak. Pants or dresses? Dresses. And a personalized question for you. If you could be a dog breed, which one would you be? Oh, a Jack Russell. Um, let me, uh, oh, oh, oh. <laughs> the four types of dogs every business needs. Yeah. There are four different, this is my book <laughs> and I am the Jack Russell and Jackie, you are a Jack Russell too, because we are like, yeah, girl. We will also link to Bella's book. Thank you so much for joining us today. It's been such a pleasure talking with you and getting you to meet my other two mermaids. I Jen and I that. adored spending time with you. So thank you so much. My pleasure. Thanks for having me.
Sadly, that'll do it for this week's episode of Maiden Voyage. We'd like to thank you, our amazing listeners, because let's face it, lady life is hard. It's incredible how much we accomplish every day, and we all deserve awards just for existing. If you're watching the show, make sure that you subscribe, click on that thing for instant notifications, speak your mind in the comments, and share us with your fellow Voyagers.